0: Hey, everybody, how's it going? Uh, I am your host, Michael Unterberg. This is Jerusalem U's JU Israel, the Teacher's Lounge podcast. I am here, as always, with co host Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? It's going. That is good. And in case you can't tell, it's a Skype episode because once again, we are joined by Lior. How's it going, Lior?
1: Doing very well, thank you. How are things? Happy in- to be back.
0: How are things in the Western Hemisphere?
1: Um, Sunny and warm, thank God.
0: Yeah, that's good, after uh, a rough patch. Yeah. Uh, So, Alan, you wanted to bring a topic that we've been having sort of offline into the Teacher's Lounge podcast. Can you fill us in on what what our topic is? Uh,
2: uh, So our topic is um, education versus advocacy. And it's not just the—I mean—it's a discussion we've been having at Jerusalem U. Almost since I came, I think, three and a half years ago. When we—but uh, I think it's a, a conversation that's been going on in the Israel education world for uh, quite a while now. At least certainly since the second Intifada, when we saw the emergence of a lo- of a need for advocacy. I think. Um, or at least called in that way and you saw the, uh, these new organizations that came to the fore like David Project and Stand With Us that came out of the second Intifada, and, and the atmosphere on college campuses and as it went. So um, we've been having that conversation uh, and what is really uh, what, what is the most effective way of connecting students to Israel? I think that that's really what we're trying to say, No. I think so. What what
0: what, yeah. what direction should we go so that students have that Israel plays a productive, important part of their identity? Although I guess if I'm framing it yeah. this way, I'm kind of I'm doing that. Thing. Given, I've already given. I've already given. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: There's your bias, Michael.
2: Dang it! Um, okay. Well, um, I, let, let's start. I by think also- go ahead. No, I was just going to say before we get there, just think it's also like I think it's good to note uh, where also people are coming from if you sort of already put it out there. So you know, before you know, before this, most of your experience, Michael, was you know in high school, but right in the the Mizrahi school in Cleveland. It's true. I
0: did Uh, not graduate high school for twenty years. I had to keep going, (laughs) redoing the twelfth grade.
2: excellent right well you finally graduated and now you've been doing gap yeah it's year for exciting a couple of years a few years <laughs> <laughs> so we, we see you're slow yeah um but but your experience in high school maybe you you share that and then we'll also get to leor who also has an interesting experience so maybe because your high school sort of overlaps both of those kind of things it does
0: your i mean experience. i taught in i i taught in high school in cleveland uh sort of building a uh a Jewish history and Zionism curriculum for high school kids but at a certain point I was brought into in the broader Jewish community uh, to teach Israel advocacy uh, in a different setting it was it was called uh, right on for Israel the Cleveland branch and then it became IC next I don't know it keeps changing its name but uh, but it was it was clearly and explicitly an advocacy program so I've really done both I've done Israel education and I've done advocacy training, which I think is not the same
2: really exactly as education. Okay. And so and maybe Leor, you'll share a little bit about your sure. background. So,
1: um, I was never involved at any sort of like um, high school or, or collegiate level in anything related to Israel. Um, advocacy as a student, um, that wasn't my worldview, what with not being Jewish at that point in my life. Um, I went to, um, you know, makes sense, I guess. Fair enough. Um, but, um, so my, my introduction to Israel was from an, a- always from an academic perspective. Um, I, I studied Middle East and focused on Israel for my undergraduate degree and then my master's degree was in Near Eastern and Judaic Studies. Um, so my my understanding of Israel education was from this, like, more, I guess, broader perspective, educational framework. Um, and it was rooted in, like, dual narratives, understanding history, that sort of thing. Like, very much collegiate-level stuff.
2: What well, um, would college
1: just... I the went college? to um, I went to GW for my undergrad, and then I went to um, Brandeis for my master's work. Um, and I studied at Ben um, Ben Gurion um, for a study abroad when I was in college, and I was there for a semester.
0: Go big, um, Negev! <laughs>
1: Woo! Um, Not a lot of sports in
0: Israeli universities. Yeah.
1: No, I mean like dodging camels. I guess. Down yes. there, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, camel crossing and. It's it was interesting because after after my master's work, I I worked for the David Project um, and I was a Middle East analyst and an educator for them and was part was there as part of their shift. And I don't want this to turn into like a David Project conversation, Um, but the focus was really on, at least when I was hired, on delivering information to students with the understanding that that would help prepare them to be um, campus advocates and The model of how that was supposed to happen shifted while I was there, and it took on more of like an AJC, relational advocacy, building bridges with um, non-Jewish students through like shared understandings model as opposed to like more of a educational framework, um, understanding of your like Jewish identity and Jewish heritage model that um, it had when I was hired by the organization um, so it was just it was an interesting shift. And I think it was reflective of the the time frame at that point um, when I was there. And, and now, of course, Jerusalem U is having these conversations as well and, and, and thinking about what makes the most impact on students, how students um, identities um, are uh, how their Jewish identities are affected by um, Israel, like wh- how that comes into play what part is actualized and um, all of these other pieces that are kind of floating around as well. And, you know, what the expectations are placed on students. There was this big expectation that if you knew something, if you knew about Israel, if you knew the facts, that you were then going to, um, the onus was put on the students to then like preach the facts and tell the story and become advocates on campus and defenders of Israel. Um, and that's that's like a he- that's a heavy burden to put on a student, um, and those are expectat- those are expectations that the organized Jewish community was was placing on students at that point in time. Um, so let's and make a we're distinction Students like pushing back now on that as well.
0: Well, wow. Alan, right. do you need to so, give so a little background too, or
2: no? Uh, do I need to do background? Um, let's just very quickly, I guess. For most of my years of uh, Israel education, I suppose um, in Israel. It's really been focused on like teaching Zionism and the history of Israel and guiding around Israel, you know, in the in the field, that kind of stuff. And when I came to Jerusalem, U. so it was during, you know, during was more focused a little bit more on advocacy. Um, And now we've been sort of switching that. But I think let's take let's take a moment and like define what we mean by education and advocacy. So it's clear because those terms, I think, get often confused when people talk about them. So who wants to give a shot?
1: I think when we're talking about education, we're talking about, um, the critical thinking and internalizing and processing of like information and knowledge. Um, advocacy to me implies action on knowledge. Um, and there, there is a, di- there's a distinction. There's like, a, there is a clear distinction. Um, advocacy has a, um, a, a bias. Um, not that education does not, because I think as we've all talked about um, many, many times, every educator is bringing their bias into the classroom. Um, I think with advocacy, you're, you are actively bringing your bias into the world with the goal of changing hearts and minds or defending something or um, making making a significant change, whether that's for Israel, whether that's for health care, whether that's for women's rights, whatever the case may be. Um, you want to get something done.
0: I would, um, I would ed- say, I don't, I don't know that I'm disagreeing. I, I would just say it the way I look at it. And maybe this is different. Maybe it isn't. Education opens up a discussion and an exploration and it's not always clear where that exploration will go. Advocacy sort of starts with conclusions and, 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 and deals with, well, what's the best way to explain these conclusions?
2: It it already assumes the person's position advocacy. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the, I think the individual who's doing the advocating has assumed a position, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't be advocating. Um, so advocate,
0: advocacy training, which has been, uh, you know, an import, this this building block in, in Jewish education of late, s- says, okay, Jewish students, we know that you're all starting with the following conclusions. Now let's get together and talk about how you can best convince other people to
2: agree with you. Yeah. So what do you think is going down on in the students'
1: minds? Screw you! You don't know me.
0: <laughs>
1: no, I mean, like, how? Who? Who are? Who is anybody to make the assumption that you know where I sit, or what I believe, or what I think, or feel about a given topic? Like that is that is a huge assumption. It's condescending, um, and it is. Um, it, it's, exa- it's exactly what is wrong with the organized Jewish community today, end quote, from an angry 16-year-old. Yeah. Um, but they're not wrong.
0: Well, okay. yeah, I think, I think, I think Jewish educational institutions invest time and energy into making kids feel positive about Israel. And I think they're largely successful in doing that. But when it gets more complicated than, do I feel good about Israel, do I enjoy going to Israel, do I like falafel and Yom so the, the, the sort of unspoken assumption is, and you totally agree with everything we think about that stuff too, uh, they don't, and partially because we haven't really exposed them to it, we haven't discussed it thoroughly with them, they haven't processed it. So we're, we're assuming that, well, we've put you in a position that you feel positive about Israel. Therefore, you agree with our position on the following list of controversial political topics regarding Israel. Now let's tell yeah. you how to sell that. And that's what leads to, I think, what Lior is describing is that that sometimes it's a rejection. Sometimes it's a dissonance that's unspoken where the student's like, I guess I agree. like You know what I mean? It, it may not be. Not all students will... Self advocate the way you're describing, I think we are, and say, Whoa, 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 where are you selling me? Sometimes students say, Well, yeah, well I course. guess I do believe that, okay, but they don't really, and we've skipped an educational step, I think.
1: So, what We're also, we're, sorry, we're, we're putting the, we're, we're spoon feeding Israel to these kids, um, and we're giving them happy experiences. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be giving them happy experiences or uh, a pleasant understanding of Israel, but what we're doing is we're putting them into college campus, which can be very, can be a very challenging environment when they're starting to Many of them are starting to learn for the first time about some of these more challenging political situations in Israel, and we believe that we have equipped them. We, the general, we believe we have equipped them with with um, quote unquote education by having given them talking points, and they're finding that talking points doesn't don't necessarily hold water when it comes to um, hearing about somebody's narrative or hearing about somebody's experiences or hearing about something that's really thorny on a college campus. And it's not resonating with their own value system. Right. The value system, right. by the way, that has been formed by um, by the Jewish schooling that they've received. So, so that cognitive dissonance is coming also at a, like a very critical developmental stage for them as well.
2: Let me see if I'm getting it right. So you're basically saying that... So there's this inherent – there is sort of a um, created inherent love of Israel on the one hand. But I, intellectually – they're doing that successfully. And we're doing it successfully. But intellectually, we're not matching that love with a, a successful intellectual process. Because what we're doing is we're really creating a superficial, superficial intellectual process. Well,
0: sort of here's, a, here's another way to put the step we're skipping. We very often say there's nothing wrong with criticizing Israel. You can criticize any democracy. Um, and that's an important thing. It's when you condemn Israel and do these things that we have to teach you how to prove that they're wrong. And uh, students aren't necessarily sophisticated enough to raise their hand and say, whoa, 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 criticizing Israel, what's that about? Stop. Before you get me to the point where I'll defend Israel, can we get to the legitimate criticisms of Israel and let me take a side somewhere in that debate? Because I don't know what you're talking about. And we never get to that. We skip it. And there, Israelis politically deal with a bunch of really difficult options that they have to wrestle with. And we want Jews in the diaspora to feel connected to that experience, but we don't necessarily want to bog them down with those complex issues. Wow. That's I, I think partially because, well, I think it's a mixture of things. I think partially it's because there's a, there's a, there's a fear that if we do – It'll, do, it'll undo our good work of making them feel positively about Israel. I think that's part of it. And second of all, I don't know that educators in the diaspora are themselves engaging these issues as deeply as they should in order to form how they should teach it to young Jews. Does
2: that make mm. sense? Uh, yeah, so it's kind of a twofold thing. Yeah. Which is one is that there's a fear on one hand. On the other hand, is a little lack of knowledge or expertise. On when how I, to deal li- when with I lived
0: in Cleveland, so I was, I was having a meeting with somebody from the Federation who works on Israel education in Cleveland. And he said, it was such a weird thing to say to me. He goes, Oh, I always love talking to you because you know about politics and history. I'm like, You're meeting with Israel educators all over Cleveland. So I said that. He was like, yeah, they like to talk about Israel, but they don't really, they haven't really spent the time, you know, uh. learning history or following it, you know, following the news carefully. It's their teachers of the feel-good Israel, and that's the level they themselves have invested in it.
2: So would you say that the really problem isn't, the problem is, is, is structural, in the Jewish community, certainly in 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 the states, the fact that we have not trained a cadre of teachers who are able to deal with it on this level. In other words, as opposed to as opposed to Lior, whose education came from experts from whatever you want to say, I mean their right. academic experts college, students are not getting, again, we don't expect high school teachers to be college professors. But yet those people who are sort of doing the Israel education are those who um, don't necessarily have the training or knowledge to deal with it on well, those I, levels.
0: I would frame it this way. We teach citizenship, whether you're from the U.K. or the U.S. or Canada, as a social studies. At least we used to call it social studies in school. I don't, is they still call it social studies?
1: I, I had so. social studies.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it's still called. You know, So you learn about citizenship. You learn about the history of your country. We teach about Israel in religious studies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And that that shift, there's a missing piece where we teach our kids to deal with the real Israel as a social studies unit. Uh, maybe taught by Jewish teachers, maybe not. I, I don't know. But that's a real missing piece because in college, they're not going to be dealing with it as a religious studies. They're going to be dealing with it as a social studies unit. And... If it's if it's an integral part of a Jewish identity, then that needs to be fleshed out, and and, and partially because your half a day is spent in a let's say a, let's take for instance a day school environment is satisfying the state education requirements in math and science and history and all that great stuff and literature. So now your Judaic studies, well, what are we going to teach? Well, we have to teach Bible or Talmud or Jewish law, whatever whatever it is we're busy with. And so what ends up happening is things like history or even Israeli Zionism, current events, just doesn't make the cut. Partially, And, and, and that there's a whole bunch of reasons why that's the, that's the inertia of Jewish education in the diaspora. But to a certain extent, whatever the reasons are, and we can analyze it over and over, there's a, there's a missing link here. I don't think you can argue that in the 21st century, Israel doesn't play a crucial central part in Jew, a Jew's identity, whether they live in Israel or the diaspora. And I don't know that, that Israel is getting the attention it needs
2: in Jewish yeah. education. And What we would argue in Jerusalem, and certainly what I think uh, Dina would say if she was here, unfortunately we had wanted her to join us, um, Who's Dina? She's the, pres- she's the president of Jerusalem U. Oh. Uh, and uh, Shout uh it, to Dina. Uh, but she, she's pushing this, and I think she's absolutely right when she says that. And therefore, we're fundamentally um, handicapping our students in their Jewish identity. Because Israel is so much a part of Jewish identity today. If we don't deal with it properly, if we don't see it on the same level educationally as we see, it, it may even be more important than Tanakh and... You know, and, and Gamar and all those things that traditional Jews such as us um, or me, I should say, would say as like, oh, those are sacred cows. That no, but Israel is the one that is such an important part of identity today. If you don't give it that time, then you're handicapping your students in their Jewish identity and, and really causing uh, uh, tremendous um, challenges uh, down the
0: road. I wouldn't even get into that debate. You know, what, how do you prioritize? I don't think it matters. But you wouldn't but You have to
2: prioritize. You always have to prioritize. Of course you, you just said it yourself.
0: Prioritize it however you want. But you wouldn't leave out the Bible altogether. No, in, in really. building a Jewish identity. I don't think you can leave out real Israel education. Right. That's what we're saying. And I, and I, you want to prioritize it below Bible and Torah, knock yourself out. As long as you get to it at some point. Look, let's be honest. I taught I taught I taught Bible, I taught Chumash, the five books, you know, uh, Torah, whatever you want to call it, and I taught Nevi'im and Tuvim. What do you call that? Prophets and Writings. Prophets and Writings. Prophets and Writings, man, never gets – there's great stuff there. It <laughs> never gets its due because everyone, whether it's teaching the weekly Parsha or whether it's teaching – everybody loves the five books and then, you know, the sort of stepchild topics are, you know, Prophets and Writings. There are always going to be stepchildren in education. i If Israel social studies education is a stepchild, okay. I don't think it should be. But even if it is, at least it's on the agenda, and at least kids come with an understanding of what's going on here.
2: Yeah, but if it's a but so that's why I was disagreeing. I wouldn't get because if if you're saying that a a major facet of a of a uh, Jewish person, you know, in the twenty first century's identity is Israel. Then you're not dealing with a major part of their identity in a, in an academic I, formalized way.
1: I think you're making an assumption that it is part of it. I think you. I think that. i you're totally saying, making that assumption. I yeah, think it,
2: it is. Is it's, it's I, either going to be negative or is it going to be negative or positive?
1: No, I think you're saying that it should be. I think we agree that we want Israel to be central to their identity, but I think that if you're taking like Joe Schmo from um, a home that is like not not a day school kid, but like a kid who. Um, well, often now we've I'm, been
2: talking about day school kids, so if we want to shift the conversation, we can. Right, That's but like
1: right. We're, but like let's, so, but like let's keep it. In, let's keep in mind like a larger like where mm-hmm. most of our kids are in the United States. But I don't even think we can make make the assumption with our day school kids that Israel is going to be central to their identity. Well, it, correctly should, if I'm, it
2: should No, but, no, but correct me if I'm wrong, that all the all the surveys pretty much say that 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 Israel is a pretty important part of a Jewish identity on wherever a student is other. If they have a weak Jewish identity, Israel is still an important part of that weak Jewish identity.
1: Well, no, I, I I think that's, the, that's the,
2: how the, the whole concept of birthright came about. the surveys
1: the surveys say that in order to maintain a strong Jewish identity. It's important to have um, a strong Jewish education, day school, and ex- an Israel experience, because an Israel experience is central to building up Israel as a Jewish piece of Jewish identity, and Jewish camp experiences, because that creates like a Jewish friend network. And you see Jewish outside of like oh, the formal education. With the
0: actual data, can't you just let us have our no. wild opinions <laughs> that don't make sense? no, no. <laughs> no, but
2: that's not that's not the data I'm talking about. Though I'm talking about the data that really says that when, ta- when it's measuring students and peoples in the you know this now their connection, their Jewish identity, Israel is an important factor in that Jewish identity. Well, so even if you have a weak Jewish identity, Israel still plays a factor in that Jewish identity. Well, where there goes that, well, that's what I, I'm saying. I think
0: the way I think of it is where Israel goes in your
2: identity, there goes your oh. Jewish
0: identity. Okay. So that right. when you encounter exactly. when you encounter Israel in university and it's a source of discomfort. And I have anecdotal cases of students who say, um, um, e- it's either happened to them or people they know who are Jewish, where Israel will come up in class, and a professor in universities, this happens in the United States, will say, huh, that's interesting. Well, Schwartz, what would you say to explain Israel's side? Uh, that's a, To me, that's astonishing that that happens, but it does. And so it's inescapable. And when you turn on the TV, if you're uncomfortable with what you see about Israel, that that bleeds into all aspects of your Jewish identity. So people trying to have a positive Jewish identity, this sort of negative, if they don't know how to make peace with the complexity of what Israel is, that's going to have bad consequences Mm -hmm. overall on how much they want to be involved with Jewish. If if your Israel identity wants to be pushed further away, your Jewish identity is going to be pushed further away.
1: No, I agree with you. But I'm just I'm saying that we're just we're we're making an assumption um, about where we want people to be, Yeah, about where people are. Well, we're saying Um, I think we need to and I I think we just we need to clarify our terms.
2: I think what we're saying is that Israel, Israel is an intricate part of Jewish identity today. That's what we're saying.
0: If you want that to go poorly, it's going to have a negative effect on your Jewish identity. If you want it to go well, then you have to build that structure well educationally their relationship to Israel and you know, it has to be a thorough relationship, not just a feel good relationship because that feel good relationship will not withstand 21st century life.
1: And I think I'm, I I agree with you on the, on the day school front. I think my point is that um, I'm concerned about the kids that aren't in formal educational settings who do not have the exposure to Israel as it being central to the Jewish people in the way that um, the conversation has gone thus far amongst the three of us. So that the kids that are dropping out before bar mitzvah, they don't necessarily feel anything about Israel. Like they're they're more neutral. Um, so they're when you're saying that they it's a strong part of their identity. I don't know that it is because. G- their Jewish identity, in and of itself, isn't necessarily something that's actualized, and that's what we're seeing. Like it's
0: right. So if they're
1: Jewish, it's just not. Isn't but you're saying their your relationship won't be relationship actualized. Relationship isn't actualized.
2: Right. Exactly. So. We, say par- we say it's part and parcel. They're int- they're intricately connected. Is what we're saying. Right.
0: right. So, so that, that was that. Uh, Elliot uh, Abrams piece from last year. You know, right. oh, I'm, Israel's losing American Jews, and Elliot, Ab- you know, that 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 Beinart thing, and then right. Uh, right. Elliot Abrams wrote. What do you mean? America's losing its Jews. The the, 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 the Pew Research poll shows devastating that the younger you go in Jewish demographics, the less connected they are to synagogues, Jewish institutions in general. Israel's a part of that. This is a bigger problem. And I guess what we're arguing and that we don't have real evidence for, to Lior's point, is we think that by doing Israel education better, that's your way to –
2: uh, we do How have evidence. Bad. I mean, I'll show you the statistics. We do have evidence. Stephen Stephen, uh, what's his name? Cohen has done the surveys on it. I mean, and that and that is the whole basis. That's the whole fun, fundamental concept, whether you like it or not, behind birthright. Right? Is that
1: we can argue about whether or not birthright's is okay. an education. What do you experience. think of
2: birthright, Alan? I'm going to skip <laughs> out right now. We could do a whole podcast on that. Though that's my a point podcast. is that this,
1: the stuff Ooh, behind it fun. was
2: the theory behind it was is that you could uh, be in on that one, Leor. <laughs> um, yes. Is that uh, the the important role that Israel can play in Jewish identity? But yes. I think that, by the way, I think that that's also part of, um, you know, the, when you talk about that we were more and more disconnected or not interested. Um, that also and that also proves it. You know, so it sort of proves our point because you know Israel is so complicated to understand that I don't even want to have anything to do with it. I don't want to think about it um, in many ways
1: there's a um, there's a huge fear factor involved right that um, on, that's operating on, on several levels like there's the the factor of I don't I don't know enough from the educators that they're they're afraid to even I think bring it up in any, level that could politically be problematic not just because they don't want to get into it with their students but because they don't want to deal with parents they don't want to deal with um they might not necessarily want to deal with donors or other stakeholders within the school environment um but then themselves like if you open up criticism to um criticism mm-hmm. around Israel or what could be seen as being critical of Israel um, then that really, especially for educators of um, not this generation, but previous generations, um, that makes you feel disloyal in many regards. Um, And that's a very scary thing because it's, because you don't, you don't criticize Israel. Israel is under attack. Israel, um, you know, Israel could be destroyed at any point in time. It's a different generational mindset and whereas, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a place of, you know, where I'm always saying Israel can take the heat, Israel can take a 16-year-old's criticism, Israel is still going to be standing, I promise. Um, well, there's, there's this social... Very, emotionally, yeah. people feel very strongly about that, that it's not okay, it is a huge betrayal, um, and there is, that's... Me- that's coming into the educational framework as well in which we're discussing. This. I
0: think that's totally true. I think there's a social cultural taboo against having these conversations for the reasons you're describing to me, the way I look at it is like, if somebody says something mean about my sister to me, I will defend my sister. But if, if my sister is displaying, you know, behavior, that is a problem. I'll sit down and talk to, I'll sit down and work it out. In other words, there's, there's inside the family conversations that need to take place because okay. my, I don't have a sister. I'm just making up a hypothetical sister is doing whatever, whatever. you know. So we have to address that as a family and have a conversation about that. And we may say, you know what? She's fine. She's great. Or we may say, well, let's talk to her about maybe changing some of that or whatever it is. But I can't be afraid to have that conversation in the family. It's different than how do i represent it and I, and i think that the sort of the reaction that educators have taken for granted that that positivity that we that our kids have is built in such a deep loyal visceral place in our students that whatever they encounter out in the world won't disturb it i don't i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's educationally responsible
2: mm-hmm and uh Bye. I think uh so I I think it's a good place to uh wrap up. No, oh, it's a very negative place to wrap up. Who, who can put a no. good
0: spin at the end. We'll have more conversations think, but, on
2: future episodes. Why are you being why are you being so negative? When you identify a problem, once you, you can't solve a problem to identify it. If you identify the problem, which I think we've done well here, and the problem is, is the fact that yes, there's a great love, certainly at least in the in the populations we deal with, day schools, and and even I think in in, in throughout the Jewish community, you could see, for the most part, there is a great sort of visceral love, on the one hand, right. Um, on the other hand, uh, we can see that um, that love is needs a deeper um, foundation in terms of an intellectual process that goes along with it. Um, part of the challenge before us: be we all have to put our heads together and right. come up with how we're going to build better Israel education for the future. Right, and I think yeah. it's a and I think it's a structural problem that we're seeing, and we need to, and that's where we have to look at how do we how do we change that structure, and we'll get right. there, uh, and we we'll definitely yeah, it's, get there. And it's, our, it's our
1: not forgetting the students; right. it's 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 remembering. W- That at the end of the day, the goal of the education is to make sure that it's resonant with the people we're supposed to be educating and meeting them where they are.
2: Absolutely. And uh, for you who are uh, students listening to us, college students particularly, you're you're invited to the JNF um, convention, Israel convention, I don't know what it calls. You you can look for the uh, ads we're going to put up and things like that, but it's in November um, in Florida, right? Uh, if I remember. Oh. And we'll, we'll let you know. You guys are looking like blank anyway. We'll let you know <gasps> that. But um, uh, it's, a, it's a good place to look at uh, if, you, if you love Israel, want to learn more about it, and think about these things. All right. Well, uh, don't forget to also rate us on iTunes whether or not you go
0: on JNF. Uh, thank you so much, Leor. Always great to have you.
1: Thanks for the invite, guys.
0: We miss you awesome. here in Israel. Yep. Alan, thanks so much.
2: Thank you, Mike. All right. And thank man.
0: you, Lior. Oh, I feel like at the end of the Waltons now. Yeah. Wow, that's Good an night, old reference. That's old school, dude. That's old school. Bye. Night, Mary Ellen. Bye. <laughs> this has been JU Israel, the Teacher's Lounge podcast. Please check out our website, juisrael.jerusalemu.org, for episodes, blog posts, and contact information. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever you use for podcasts. But you knew that, right? Uh, you can follow our Facebook page at the Teachers Lounge Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JUIsraelGap. Please keep in touch with us with questions, comments, feedback, and suggestions. And if you know somebody who would enjoy our podcast in general or an episode in particular, we love it when people recommend us. Thank you, guys.